Welcome all you creatures of the night and late night prowlers. This is the latest podcast episode in gore and guts, slashers, screams, and squeals, the paranormal and the fucking supernatural. Talking about all the films which conjure up your nightmares, this is It Records. Hey, I'm Matt Johnson, everybody, on the It Records podcast, and I'm joined as always with my friends, Peter and Lindsay. I call you my friends, I hope you think I'm your friend as well. No, I refuse to believe that, Matt, after knowing you for a couple years now. Yeah, yeah, I got that vibe from you. I've been trying, investing my time in you, but I can see you're keeping your distance. Mm-hmm. You're, I would say that I am your Lex Luthor, and then you're a Superman. I would say so. I'd say that's a fair comparison. That's high praise. Lindsay is Lois Lane, or some other reporter. <laughs> like some other chick. <laughs> <laughs> Why not uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman? She, she's in the Superman realm, right? They're both, they're both yeah, DC. But, uh, Lindsay was a reporter, so, you know, that's what I was going Oh, for. I gotcha. Oh, you're going, okay. you're going for accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's like, oh, okay, I got it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. <clears throat> well, this week on the podcast, we uh, we did the 2014 horror film Creep, directed by uh, Patrick Bryce. Uh, when a videographer answers a Craigslist ad for a one-day job in a remote mountain town, he finds his client is not at all what he initially seems. That's your basic premise of the movie, and uh, it seems pretty standard, I guess. It doesn't seem as a... Like, you might have seen that sort of premise before. You know, you got catfish out there. It's a similar idea. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. All right, we are uh, leaving the flatlands, and we are heading up towards the mountaintop. The ad said $1,000 for the day, filming services. Discretion is appreciated. Yellow door. I'm realizing that no one knows I'm here. Hi! Shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi. I didn't mean to scare you. I'm assuming you're Aaron. Yeah, I'm Aaron. Joseph. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is gonna be a good day. So, the reason I've hired you is because I have terminal brain cancer, and I want you to film me to make a video diary for my unborn son. You ready for this? Joseph, this is called an adventure. Woo-hoo! We don't know exactly where we're going, <laughs> but I have a feeling. When you follow those feelings, great things can happen. Don't ever forget that. Joseph, <laughs> there was about two seconds there where it looked like you wanted to kill me. Joseph, I think I'm gonna head back. One drink, okay? Bottoms up. Hello. You need to get out of that house right now. Joseph. 
Why do you look scared? Don't be scared. It'll all be over soon. Which, as we were talking about before the podcast started, this is the uh, the three-year anniversary of Creep, uh, March 8th, so we're time-stamping the podcast again, the three-year anniversary. We just really enjoy those anniversaries yeah. that we uh, are not aware of until we do the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems to work out that way. We just should make not make an effort to make it happen, and it'll just keep happening. That's literally the way it's happened each time. So, I think we're doing something right. Two times, you know. Shame shame on you. But, uh, third time. I I don't know what they say. (laughs) (laughs) Make up your own expression for it. George Bush is what? You fool me twice, uh, (laughs) can't fool me again. (laughs) Is that what it was? No, he, he says like something along those that. lines. He's like, he basically quotes the Who. <laughs> He's like, you won't, you won't be, you won't be fooled again. I think There's... is what he says. <laughs> I think that's right. Ah oh, man, I could watch some good Bushisms on YouTube. But anyway, that's another podcast. Yeah, that's. That's our other podcast where we talk about former President Bush. Both Bushes. That's um, it, though. This but both for tonight, between how dirty sounding their name is. <laughs> yeah. How dirty sounding they are. Do we talk about both, both, both Bushes, both presidents, yes. father and son? That's right. Yeah, and compare it, their their it presidencies. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people want to know. People you rank hear them about like Bush one, Bush two. Which one is better? Which one is worse? Yeah, we have a whole criteria <laughs> list of, you know, what makes a good president. What Bush did it. Now, I'll start. Um, who's, is it everybody's first time viewing this movie? Or have people seen it? Definitely this mine. I've seen it before. first time seen it? You've seen it before. I have. Okay. All right. I, I picked it for this week. Um, but it is my first time as well. I'd never seen it, but it has been recommended to me for for years now to come and see this movie and uh i was drawn to it for for mark duplass really um for those who don't know he's plays joseph in this movie who is the person who puts the craigslist ad online um and he was actually produced it and helped write it with director patrick bryce who's actually aaron in this movie the videographer yeah, you, you shared that with me before the podcast started, and I was like, that makes sense, but I didn't really think about it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that until, I mean, watching it, I was on my phone doing some extensive research, but I knew Mark Duplass, and he was on the writing, but I didn't realize who Patrick Bryce was at all. I didn't I hadn't heard the name until I actually <clears throat> looked at the credits, and he's Aaron. He's the the other actor in the movie and basically this whole movie was just them two the whole process essentially yeah i don't think we ever see any other person maybe like a few extras that were in the restaurant is really the only thing i could think of yeah Uh, you guys are forgetting angela um 
Angela plays a very critical role in this movie for us. Whoa, that's spoiler alert territory. That's jumping the gun a little bit. Oh, I jumped halfway into the film. Do you even see her? I don't even even remember. I don't think we ever see her. No, she's on uh, the phone with Aaron. That's right. So she talks to him. That's kind of where I think the movie... Well, he's kind of a creep throughout. But it's where we as the audience start to learn that there's actual there's something off about him like concrete evidence she's like hey you should get out of there yeah she's like his voice of reason yeah mm-hmm. he's a real creepazoid he's a real creep mm-hmm. creep creep is that a TLC reference yes I was doing it on purpose <laughs> where, where are you yeah. okay. <laughs> glad I caught that uh Um, but as I mentioned, well, it's a, this movie is a quick hour and 17 minutes long. It's pretty, pretty fast, but most of the, I would argue that it, it's a very slow hour and 17 okay. minutes. I, I, I felt every minute of it. I guess I could agree with that. I mean, there's some hour and 20 minute movies that, yeah, it, it does grip you. I feel like maybe if, if that's what you mean that you were there for the whole hour and 20 minutes. I felt engaged with it. Um, I just, <laughs> I was aware that it was like, I was like, wow, this is really, this is the long hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> do you see gotcha. Do you see that as like a bad thing? Because sometimes when I'm in a movie and I'm like, wow, this movie seems long. Oh, it's only been an hour. I go like... <laughs> That's usually me feigning interest, or is it the opposite for this one? I would say it's the opposite for this one. Mm -hmm. At least for me. Yeah, no spoilers on your Defender Destroy coming up later. Yeah, I I believe I pretty much leaked it. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exclusive here on It Records. What Peter thinks of (laughs) Creep. On the episode for Creep. Your hair hey, looks good, man. Thanks, Pete. I appreciate that. Uh, for for the listeners, he was just checking yeah. the camera to fix and his hair. Gotta look good for the camera <laughs> that nobody's watching but you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, should I go into detail why I felt that way, or do you want to, or should we talk about the plot a little uh, bit more? I mean, you can go into detail if you if you like to about that. I want to hear all you have to say. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> I love hearing Pete's thoughts, really. I mean, they're Same. very concise and detailed. <laughs> I think the view, the listeners enjoy them, too. But go ahead. <laughs> the, the three <laughs> listeners? No, I'm <laughs> um, Let me see. Uh, I think, I mean, for a while, it... I would say he is really good at being a creep. Like that he succeeds at that in a very good level. I think for me though, I was just like not really feeling um a found footage film. You know, I guess like I guess is it would you consider that? I even though they didn't find so. it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it reminded me of Blair Witch, you know, that kind of stuff like immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like there, I was just like, oh man, like, this is something that I've seen a million, not a million times, but you know, like, you know, it's like, 
a genre that's been really mm-hmm. exhausted. And and I think they tried their they were pretty good at trying their best to like kind of switch it up and by having two leads like be good at being like both be weird actually I think because even the camera guy it's like why would he take that job it's very sketch and then it just like keeps going and I feel like is the movie ending now and I'm like oh Mm -hmm. no it's not here's another thing oh is it over no here's another thing I like I thought they were like it was gonna end like 17 times like and it was like already it was like an hour in and I was like Mm -hmm. when is this movie ending (laughs) Like, where is it going? And he was just making some stupid-ass decisions. And I know that pretty much what makes a horror film... Yeah. Like, that, that like, has to happen. But I feel like they could have done better. Like, that's all it really was, is just that... I think the plot was just, like, for me... Because we talked about, before the recording... Sorry, I'm all over the place here. <laughs> Um, that they were do a lot of improvise their like the lines. Whole movie was improvised, you told me basically. that, and I th- yeah. So I think for me there that basically this means like there wasn't really much of a mm-hmm. plot to begin with. So like basically like the plot is just like him being a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And so I found that boring. And then that's why I said I felt every minute of it because it's just like, okay, I could only see him be a creep for so long. And then he's just being really stupid. And then it finally over. And I was like, oh, what a, an hour and yeah. change there. Um, <laughs> if I may go off of that, um, you were saying that, I mean, obviously Joseph we're supposed to think is the creep. Um, but you said you thought the other guy was kind of creepy or gave off that kind of vibe based on how his actions were and I was listening to them talk there was an interview on South by Southwest when it came out and that's what they were trying to instill is not like initially you'll think that this guy is kind of weird based on like the way he's acting and talking and like the way his eyes are shifting but they wanted to get across that well you have to actually see it from both points of view and why is this guy still hanging out with him why is he doing this job not leaving um and they were trying to like recreate that situation of meeting somebody new and not really wanting to overstep any boundaries or just sort of getting to know somebody and not judge them um, and ultimately uh, oh shit <laughs> I forgot the wrap up point but that's what they were trying to get to is um, how far should you give should you give to just to please somebody um, to make them feel okay, or should you realize that maybe this person's being deceptive? Or, in other words, any, any relationship. This one takes it to an extreme, clearly, but in any yeah. relationship. Yeah, you know, I kind of just... What I took away from it was Aaron's kind of fatal flaw about the whole situation was his naivete and his kindness, you know? So that makes sense now, hearing um, that that interview kind of covers that's what they were going for so we love um kind of odd people or people watchers um and then i saw patrick's uh thesis film which was a documentary he made while he was in paris about the owner of the last 35 millimeter projection porn theater in paris (laughs) 
interesting personality, all the makings <laughs> to be a very boring talking head documentary. But um, this guy was really drawn to Patrick. You could feel the way he was like coming forward to the camera because hmm. Patrick just gave him the, this very appropriate but very like palpable sense that Patrick really liked him and, and was interested in him, you know? Hmm. And there was no judgment there. And I was watching and I was just like, there's something really fascinating about what Patrick is pulling out of this guy. Um, and so, you know, I mean, you know me and what I do. I like working with first-time filmmakers and trying to find something together. And I had had this idea a while back about this guy who uh, gets cancer and films himself in a, in a hotel room, and it's just a one-person movie, and I thankfully abandoned it because it was going to be too boring. Um, and then we started talking about, well, what if, you know, we use that seed of Patrick's personality, which is so great at, like, being drawn to people, how much he loves people, maybe in, in the case of Creed, needs people's you know affection, um, and then we took something that's in me that um, I've kind of struggled with personally. What I'm interested in is like what I call the um, president of the student council mentality, which is like when I walk into a room, I'm one of the kinds of people who knows how to ship like sh shift my personality 10, 20 percent. Mm -hmm to get what I want or to maneuver a little bit. Like, you know, that thing that in an extreme sense is, is sociopathic, you know? Yeah. What did you guys think of Aaron in general? Um, nice dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, he seems a little, obviously not sure what to expect in the beginning, you know, as we kind of, in the opening of the movie. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone would have expected uh, what came next, though. So, uh, unassuming, kind of, you know, feel bad for him. Yeah. Poor Aaron. Pete, thoughts on Aaron? <laughs> He's the videographer in this film, for the listener. He was the guy who was paid to yeah. meet up with Joseph at his cabin in the woods. I think he just annoyed me just because of, like, how it, like, ended. Like, we, like Lindsay kind of said, like, he's really naive. And, like, I can definitely see, like, what you're saying, and it goes well, like, with, like, what they're going for. But for me, I was just, like, I don't know. Like, I wanted something with more of, like, a structured plot. Because it, it was really just based around, like, their awkward meeting, and then he was, like, you know able to get away basically just fine and he was like bothering him still but then he's just like you know what I'm just gonna give him another chance he's just uh he's just a weird dude and then I'm, and I was like oh god I was like mm -hmm. what are you doing yeah. <laughs> yeah um curious to think what I'll just pause it to you guys what what would be your thoughts in that situation and I hope not. I, we'll, we'll probably spoil some of this. It's a spoiler alert. You've been It's a spoiler alert. You've been But he gets away from Joseph at the cabin, goes back to his house. Joseph knows where he lives. The authorities don't believe you. I mean, what is... Classic. What is the next step? If you're Aaron, Gordon because we all... <laughs> right. But we all say, I mean, I don't think Aaron made the wisest decisions, but if nobody believes you and this is the only guy talking to you, I mean, who, what do you do? 
panic. Yeah. <laughs> Move. I don't even know. Out. What would I do? I don't know. That's such a stressful. These are real questions on it records. Right. It's such a stressful <laughs> situation. You, you know? go into witness protection program. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, hire seriously. a PI. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Are there PIs anymore? I don't know. Oh yeah, they got a. That didn't get eliminated. Those still exist. I feel like there's just like a real like. 1950s thing to just like. Yeah, we'll look into that chap for you. I don't know. This is like how I imagine PIs. <laughs> I think they've evolved with the times. <laughs> they're all they're all a Humphrey Bogart from Maltese Falcon. Yeah, was, that's not exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> you see, I can't even do Humphrey Bogart, but that's, I feel like he just says that and smokes a cigarette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all you have to do. Yeah, and then you're you're Bogart. And he says "dame" a lot. Mm-hmm. Perfect. What would you do, Matt? I would hunt him down <laughs> like a wild animal, like a wolf. No, I, I don't know. Like, I was trying to think of that as I was watching, but then I got immersed in figuring out what was going on. But, I mean, what Aaron did was board up the house and had his camera going, but I don't know what else you could do, really. If move? Yeah. That's a lot harder, than easier said than done just to yeah. leave. Definitely not meet up with the dude again. Very true. I wouldn't have met up with the guy, which is Aaron's full off. Yeah. And his, like, safety net was like, I'm going to record what happens. I'll be good. <laughs> I have 911 on speed dial. Yeah. Which I think were good ideas, you know, but, um, unfortunately, you know, things didn't yeah. really work out. Didn't work that's out. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, but that scene, though, I thought really was... really backfired. Yeah. It backfired, yeah. That's That scene was really creepy to me. One of the most... One of the creepier scenes, I think, is when Aaron's on the bench and uh, Peach Fuzz comes out. Speaking of Peach yeah, Fuzz, we haven't really Peach talked Fuzz. about that yep, yet. We haven't mentioned Peach Fuzz. <laughs> That scene, I think, was really creepy when he just, like, came down and he was just wearing, like, that wolf man, like, costume, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. He was just, like, staring at him like, I don't know, like he wanted to fuck him or something. I don't know. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Did you, you got that vibe? Yeah, um, I got that vibe. I have a few questions, then, if I could. I don't know if, if you guys have any answers to it, but uh, we learned about Peach Fire Fuzz. Away. Fire All right. Thanks. Uh, we learn about Peach Fuzz, which is what Joseph tells us. It's his wolf mask, and it's it's a tradition his dad had, because it's supposed to be his family house they came to, is where they're at. They're not later. That night, that's not really true. Um, but it's supposed to be this show that his dad put on. But we learn later, then, that he actually wore that mask to rape his wife that we thought was his wife but Angela's his sister we learn I need some clarification of what actually happened who did that happen with the mask or who is Angela to him because I don't think that clarified anything for me no it is pretty unclear honestly I think it's kind of like this left up to the viewer at that point is what it seemed like is what the movie was trying to go for 
Because you, he's not a reliable source because he's fucking crazy. And then all yeah. we know about Angela is that she's aware of him and he's weird. So I'm thinking that it was a love interest of his and he probably did scare her with Peach Fuzz. I don't know to what extent, though. Because she seen, I don't know. If, if she was raped by him, her reaction was a lot calmer, I would say. But then again, who knows how a person react in that situation if you got a phone call like that. So it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. It's just... Uh, I have so many questions because she knows of, of Aaron then. Because... She, she was talking to her on the phone and I feel like she's never brought up or I would have liked that, that end tied off somehow that Aaron might have a savior in there with Angelo. But oh well, I guess I wasn't the only one in that. No, it was just, it was just something that I think horror movies do a lot is that they, I think the less they explain the better sometimes because sure. then it, I feel like over explaining really kills a horror movie in a lot of ways. But also if there's just like complete insanity for no reason, it, it also takes it away. So you got to find like a good and like in between the two and have reason for that chaos. And mm -hmm. it mostly did, but that is definitely one of the ties that just like it didn't really fan out. Sure. Then what did you guys think about? Or what was the meaning of the heart-shaped little pool in the woods and their relationship and why Aaron then continued to have dreams about it afterwards? Oh, yeah. Because like, they, for the listener, if you haven't heard, they go on this hike in the woods and Joseph takes Aaron to this little watering pool area that looks like a, a heart shape. And he makes, he writes their initials in it. And then after all the fiasco happens, Aaron's back at his place, like freaking out that this guy's stalking him, but he's having dreams about Joseph and like at the, that watering hole. Hey. That's a little creep. He, that's when he was like, yo, you're a creep, Aaron. Like you're, you're turning into the yeah. guy. They're, they're just, know. they're just both creepy dudes that, hmm. you know, might like, like each other or something. I don't know. I don't know, to try to just chalk it up, like, it's just a real traumatic experience for Aaron, and, uh, I don't know, I think, uh, those dreams are trying, or him trying to process what happened, or I don't, I don't know, like, what took place, it's hard to say, mm. but, uh, yeah. yeah, that was, uh, a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I almost thought he was like having some sort of Stockholm syndrome, which I know is the hostage thing. But like, just because he's always thinking about that guy, and he knows that guy's watching him, is like now he's starting to uh, connect with him on some level. No, I think Stockholm syndrome actually makes a lot of sense for the situation, in my opinion. Because mm -hmm. like he made him feel like a hostage, especially when he was being stalked by him, and then. Um, yeah. There was an interview that you were kind of telling us before the podcast started uh, between, was it the the two, was it Mark Dubless and the director and some other guy for South by Southwest? No, just those oh, two. Oh, just those two. Just those two. Okay. But mm -hmm. it was for South yeah. by Southwest, you said. 
Yeah, it was when they premiered oh, okay. in 2014. In, mm-hmm. on March 8th. <laughs> yeah, on March 8th. Yeah, and, the, and they were just kind of talking about the inception for it and the production of how they came about it. Which we talked about is essentially, it just was random conversations between them two, and they put it on camera. And mm-hmm. um, essentially they just want to make like a, a black comedy almost. But they said for each scene, there's like 10 to 12 different permutations of what the scene actually was and different angles and different cameras to get the feel they were looking for. And the actual movie has three different endings because they weren't really sure what it is they were going for until the very end. (laughs) I guess that's what you get with improvisation. Yeah. Which I found interesting in when I was researching just that they wanted to try to use different techniques to get like the visually for the viewer to feel that first interaction with somebody and make you feel that he's a creep like from prolonged eye contact the camera was only on Mark Duplass you never really saw Aaron for a long time Um, you saw at the very beginning but then you didn't see him the oversharing and like the awkward contact Um, so it might not it might look simple to us now but I feel like that took a lot of different takes to really get what they were looking for. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. So a lot of the subtlety was in the editing. Good point. So props to the to the editor of this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was looking. I saw that this is supposed to be the first of a trilogy. Yeah, that's what I read. Yeah, I just saw yeah. that when I was looking at the, the trivia for this movie, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> the most recent thing I saw, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought. Creep 2 is just officially, like, announced they were going to make it. So it's still a long way off, but... Yeah. Um, I think mm-hmm. they gave it the green light officially, like, in September this past year, I think. Okay. So, it's in post-production yeah. right now. Really? Do you, do you have... Is it the same people? Is Mark Duplass... It's the same director. Okay. Interesting. I'm looking at the IMDb page right now, actually. So... All that says is that it's Patrick Bryce and Mark Duplass are writers, and it's the same director. Okay. Well, they did the first one. It's a good sign. Yeah. I'm a big fan of... Not a big fan, but I enjoy Mark Duplass's stuff. But this is the first horror thing I've ever seen him venture into, and it was good. I thought, well, I'll defend it when we get there, but... um, yeah, I think he, he usually writes um, his stuff that he is in, and then he him and his brother direct their movies, but he didn't direct this one. Yeah. A lesser version of the Coen brothers, if you will. <laughs> I was going to say, that, like, the first time I watched this movie, I was, like, really watching The League at the time. So it was yeah. really weird having that, like, complete flip from his ridiculous character in The League to... Uh, we just lost Lindsay. There she is. Lindsay, oh, she's back. Lindsay's back. Nothing happened. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a weird situation where I was just like, he's really funny in the league, and then he's just really weird and fucking creep. Yeah. Total flip. Well, that kind of shows his range as an actor. Then I don't think I've seen him in anything else. So. uh... If you guys have any recommendations for 
the audience. Oh, I want to hear those. Well, he's, he's in the league, the TV okay. show. Well, it it just ended, which is a comedy show, but he's been in. Uh, I think it's called the one, the one you like or the one I like. It's on. It was on Netflix, um, and he wrote and directed that. Um, um, that one's really good. Your sister's keeper. Okay. Um, he's not in this one, but he wrote Jeff Who Lives at Home. If you guys have heard of that one. With Jason Siegel and Ed Holmes. Oh, that sounds like it would be good. Yeah, that one's... I'd go with that one first. And Susan Sarandon is in that, too. And that was on Netflix for the, the listeners. <laughs> so. so there's definitely a wider range of movies for him, it seems like. Yeah, they're kind of all over the place, but I think mainly they're more in that, like, dramedy era. Like, dramedy to comedy... Drama, drama to comedy, and sometimes there's a mix, but I have never really seen him do... Like a thriller horror, specifically. Yeah. The one I like kind of gives that vibe. Kind of like a a little bit of a thriller horror, but not really. But, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. With that, I think we've kind of said our opinions, but would we like to defend or destroy Creep 2014? Who wants to go first this week? Pete, uh, I think we'll throw it to Pete first. <laughs> Pete's giving me a thumbs yeah. down, which means it's all you, Pete. Uh, thumbs down means destroy. Destroying it. Wait, you're just—is this a first destroy? No, it's my first or second. No, it's not uh, my first. It's either my second or third. Oh, all right. Proceed. Okay, so the other one for sure is like that graduation one. oh uh yeah most likely to die yeah that's that right was... definitely you destroyed that um there might have been another one before that but i can't remember that's right i'm not really keeping tallies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh you you heard my reasonings before i just thought you know i i am interested to see where he takes creep too um i'll give it a shot but for this time around i I was just really bored with it, and it took too long to, like, really get anywhere. Like, it was, like, creepy, but I, I don't know. It just didn't really, like, pan out, like, to anything mm-hmm. that was worthwhile to me. Okay, okay. Well, I'll defend it. Um, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, um... I've talked up Mark Duplass enough, but um, I really thought, I will agree, like the plot wasn't really there. It was kind of just these interactions, but they he said he wanted to be more of a character, um, a character-driven movie of these two different people and how we interact with one another. And I was really impressed with just the editing of it all. Like even I paid close attention to like when the camera was on and like if that would have been a re- realistic moment for the camera to be on. And just the way they flip back and forth, um, like even when they were handing the camera to one another, I thought was really seamless. And overall, I thought it was creepy. And I'm looking forward to Creep too. <laughs> well, um, I don't know. I don't think that like middle of the road is an option here. Um, <laughs> That's honestly how I feel about it, though. Like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't usually watch a ton of, like, found footage um, films. Like, I, so it's 
was a lot different um, of a watch for me. Um, how in however and no, I, I'll get to that in a second. Um, I do agree that it was a very thin plot, but um, on the other end of it, uh, Mark Duplat I think really captured the character he was trying to portray. Um, and uh, I thought he did a really good job with that. And I also read that one of the movies that inspired them to create <coughs> Creep was Misery, which we have previously covered. And so when I got thinking about that, I was like, wow, okay, there are um, a lot of similar characteristics between the two. Yeah. And that kind of made me appreciate it a little bit more. And um, I gotta say, they really nailed it with that final scene. I was creeped out. <laughs> I was chilling. So, I, you know, I have mixed feelings about it, but I think I'm gonna lean on the side of defend. All right, I'll very take it. Interesting. Very interesting turn of events here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting point about misery. I didn't. It definitely puts a different lens on the movie. It does. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up this week for It Records. Um, thanks for tuning in. We always enjoy our listeners. Um, keep in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We are on social media. Um, we're there. We, we have a presence. Uh, we'd love to hear what you're thinking. Um, what you want us to talk about, maybe a mini episode, or what movies you want us to talk about. Want to hear our thoughts if we're going to defend or destroy them. And uh, until next time, everybody, I'm Matt Johnson. And I remain in the shadows. This is Matt Johnson. And I remain in the shadows. <laughs> now I'm Peter. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not me. <laughs> that is a lie! <laughs> and, uh... I still don't know what to say, so, uh... Any tips? Because none here. <laughs> suggestions. Fan suggestions. Give Lindsay uh, an outro. <laughs> <laughs>